We have talked about how to build a safe house. And then last week, it was building a Jesus house and not just a Jesus room. And uh, as we are endeavoring to build faith and increase in faith because it's, it's relevant to life, it's relevant to the kingdom, it's relevant in relationship to God and just, you know, how we function and how we operate uh, in life. And I guess if there was a catchphrase that I would use this morning would be finding your true north. Finding the true north in the world and culture. It, everybody has their own north. But I think in order to find the true north, not limited to, but you must discover how much God loves you. Jesus said as he was concluding his life and his ministry here, and he is praying to the Father in John, John chapter 17, He said, Father, I I want them to comprehend, I want them to understand the dynamics of your love. And that is that, that you love them just as much as you have loved me. Whoa. I'm not sure we get it. I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and say I don't get the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of of the love of God. But I'm going to buy into it. (laughs) Anyway, I want to start just buying into it. And then I'm going to go ahead and try to discover, you know what I mean, those dynamics uh, about it. So when you are setting sails for life and determining, you know, the importance of life and in, in how to be uh, navigate in life, it's good to have a good starting point. Something that you can always go back to. Because there's things that try to separate you in your mind and in life of your awareness how much God loves you. Because Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Sometimes there's trials and tribulations and issues and situations that just become overwhelming. He covers every dimension in life by and large, you know. But he says there's not a thing that can separate you from that love. And he concludes it, he says, and even death can't. Separate you from the love of God. So as you try to get your true north, know that 
It isn't what is happening in life that needs to determine, you know, it, it's that God loves you just like he loves Jesus. I think that's a pretty good place to be in myself. Pretty good safe zone, isn't it? It really is. So, you were born a winner. We have some passages of scriptures that I want to read for us that help us in this concept and this idea. That's okay. Romans 8 and 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Let's just do the verses. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his, no- his knowledge in every place. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ is the next one. Well, that's not the correct one, but it, you know, it might be my mistake. Who knows? Anyway, he gives us the victory in 1 Corinthians. And then 1 John 5, 4 Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Isn't it interesting that these scriptures all denote challenge before victory? Challenge before victory. There is a faith. Paul said that finds a source in the intellect. intellect, And then there's a faith that finds its being in the power of God. The power of God. When we begin to consider the areas of faith, we have, number one, we have the eyes of faith, which is seen. Number two, we have the hearts of faith, which is conviction. James says that a person without conviction is like a ship without a rudder. And number three, then we have steps of faith, which is action and movement. And number four, we have the walk of faith, which is direction. Direction. All having a real and integral part into in our lives. I think that the greatest robbery of the century is the robbery of faith. Faith has been robbed. Think about it. In Hebrews chapter 11, we get the great stories of those that were dynamics of faith and lived in faith and traveled in faith and journeyed in faith. But there is a major vacuum there also. 
There's 40 years that are lost. 40 years lost. 40 years between the Red Sea and the walls of Jericho. Never made it into the chapter. Because it turned three days' journey into 40 years, a 40-year hike. All because circumstances and situations, the challenge, the challenge seemed to be too great. More than what they wanted to go ahead and invest and commit to. And so therefore, the sacrifice was, was too great. And, uh, and you know the, the story. Faith. You were born a, a winner. Your first race in the process of you being here, you won. The competition was many. But you won. You began life in the winner's circle. Amen? Yeah. In the winner's circle, you began life. It is really important that you continue those winning ways. You see, when God made Adam and Eve, he made them, you know, winners. It says, in the image of God made he them. In the likeness of God, he made them. He gave them not only resemblance, but ability. He made them after the God kind. Hallelujah. You are not a toy made by God. You are not a G.I. Joe toy. You possess the life of God. You're not a figure that they sell on the department stores with the resemblance of some figure without the ability of that figure. Come on, church. Woo! 
You've seen those cartoons where they come to life. Well, this is not a cartoon, but we've come to life. Amen. That's what God wants you to know this morning that, you know, yeah, there was things that was lost in Adam, but there's restoration in Jesus Christ. You bear the image of God. You bear the likeness of God. Dynamic. So you're more than a G.I. Joe figure to sit on the shelf of the world. You are and have been given dominion Yeah. He's given you dominion in life. Now there's always, as there was then, there is today, the enemy that's trying to take your dominion away from you. But that's where your true north comes in. Do you feel strong enough this morning to say, I'm a winner? (laughs) You know, I wonder sometimes if we shouldn't get out the fight team fight spirit. Are you with me? Get a wind back in your spirit. It's been so long since I've been in school that I don't know any of the fight songs anymore. (laughs) But you know, they would get up and they they would energize the the crowd and the team. It would be amazing what, how that transfer could begin to take place. In God, and then in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he says, He says, I want you to know something. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. God has not withheld any good thing from you and I. Thank you. (laughs) He has not withheld any good thing from you and I. And no good thing will he withhold, he said, from them that love him and are called according to his, to the spirit. So how do we continue our winning ways because we were born to win number one you need to run to win this is not new stuff but don't just run 
Run to win. Paul says, don't let anything take you out of the race. You might be faced with hurdles. You might be faced with a marathon, a sprint. You never know what the battle is, what the, what the, the race in itself is, the journey. But don't let anything take you out of it. So you got to run to win. And Paul, for the men in us, for the man in us. He says you need to fight like it's a real bout. I don't, I don't think he's talking to everybody. I think it helps men a little bit better, you know. We get the picture. We were born fighting. They were born wrestling. To put two boys together. They made, what, what are they going to do? They're going to wrestle. They're going to wrestle. Yeah. So you want to fight like it's a real bout. Be a competitor. You really want to pay attention to what's going on in the moves. That's what the great writers of the scripture told us. Know your trickery and the cunning craftiness of the enemy. God says you're a winner. Let me give you man's definition of winning and then God's definition of winning. According to the world's way of thinking, when someone wins, it means someone has to lose. It also implies domination over someone else. That's man's definition. But God's definition is, number one, it's inclusive, not exclusive. Everybody gets to be and can be in the winner's circle. In winning, in God's definition, it's not about dominating people. It's about dominating circumstances. Yes. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, listen, church. Even though another person may seem to be behind the negative circumstances in life, that person is not the root problem. Can I get a praise this morning? It's not the person. Yeah. That person is not the root problem. So God hasn't promised you dominion over other people. He's guaranteed you dominion over circumstances and then the demons that are behind the problems. 
Oh, hallelujah. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hatefully and despitefully use you. That's how we're supposed to treat people. You don't have to treat the devil that way. Help. It says you can literally put him under your feet. Jesus won in that conflict and that battle by the word as he was, would use it. The word says, the Bible says, I remember my mom. The Bible says, boy, us kids got tired of hearing that. <laughs> the word of God says, that's true north, church. <laughs> Amen. That's right. True north. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word is never going to pass away. There is no more place of security greater than the word of God. You not only need Jesus, who is the Word of God, you need the book that informs you about Jesus, who is the Word. And we got it. Thank the Lord. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, and he says... He says, you and I have been given the assurance of success. We're more than conquerors in all of these things. And he takes the categories of life. And then assures us that our success is for real because we're connected to Christ. And the connection cannot be taken away. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Your connection cannot be taken away. He can, you know, play with your mind and he can get you, you know, away from your purpose and your cause. He can... He can go ahead and diminish, you know what I mean, the, the, the dynamics of your faith. Uh, but there's a connection that he can't interrupt from God the Father to you. Because that has been established through Jesus Christ when you believe in him. Hallelujah.
The neat thing about God's provision, it applies to life now. Eternal life is now. Eternal life is now. Amen. You have a backing this morning. You have a backing of not only the most powerful government in the world, but the most powerful person in the world, or in the universe, or wherever. Jesus said that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, guys, get out there and get going. (laughs) I'm sending you out with a backing, with a powerful backing. The power to live in life. Eternal life, you have eternal life right now. Because Jesus said, this is eternal life. That you believe in him whom God hath sent. Are there dynamics and dimensions of eternal life? You know what I mean? That, that well, we know that after death we're going to, you know, get to experience the after death part of eternal life. Well, Paul said this, that there is a time when that part of eternal life, you know, will be realized, but right now eternal life is on a continual basis. He said, though our outward man is perishing... I'm getting old. Can't run as fast as I used to. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. Connecting to the inward man in those moments, in those times, in those situations. I promise you victory over the circumstances. Paul writes a book in Philippians. And it's a book written by winners or by a winner by and large, to help us to know how to become a winner. Notice this guy's difficulty. His posture, his attitude in it. I mean, uh, 
I'm going to heaven in a handbasket by what he, I read about him. <laughs> I don't have a problem. And basically, I've never had a problem. My circumstances don't even, you know, they definitely, I mean, if they get any page, it's the back page. It's not front page. In labor's more abundant, stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Five times I received 40 stripes minus one, that's 39 times five. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, and out of those I spent a night and a day in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of city, in perils of wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil, sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, cold and nakedness. And besides that, I had the regular things of life to deal with. <laughs> Talk about out of bounds. That's what he's saying. I had to get up every day. Routine. And then he goes on and finishes up. He says, one day I had to be let down in a basket just so I wouldn't get killed. <coughs> I mean, talk about running for your life. <laughs> yes. But he seemed to always be able to have a winner's attitude. Wasn't circumstances related? It was true north that had been established in his life. And so I'm going to give you a few things that Paul says helped him in life. This is found in Philippians chapter 3. The first thing we discover there, he says, is he recognized that there was room for improvement. <clears throat> room for improvement. Not that I've already apprehended, you know, but I'm reaching forward, I'm pressing for it. There's always more. It's always more. It's not about it's not about doing more. It's about knowing him better. <laughs> yeah. I might know him in the 
power of his resurrection. Church, so he says, you need to recognize your, your need for improvement. He said, I press toward the mark for the high calling. <laughs> so number one, you have to press. Our scripture verses let us know that it takes effort. And that's not a problem because you were given dominion. That's not a problem because you are empowered. That's not a problem because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, remember when he said, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood? He's saying that the one that is in you is greater than the one that's causing all the problem. Hallelujah. He's the one that's causing all the problems. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, you know, powers, rulers of darkness, active all around you. Look inside. Look inside. Draw upon that. I remember... It's been a number of years now, but, you know, as, as a young, young minister, yeah, there's a big learning curve in life period, and there's a big learning life in ministering, and, and uh, God, uh, I was beside myself. I was occupied with all the circumstances, with all of the issues, with all of you know, what my eyes could see and my ears could hear. And God says, why don't you stop looking at all those little bombs that the enemy's causing to explode here and there? You know? And why don't you just get on with the work of the kingdom? As long as God's your friend, it doesn't make any difference who your enemy is. And I'm not standing here and saying you won't feel the tug of it. You won't feel the pressure of it. You won't know that there's a battle going on. I'm not saying any of those things, you know what I mean, that, that somehow we're, we're oblivious, you know, and we got our head in the sand. I don't know how this one would fit, but how about when, you know, Paul gets done, you know, and the people are, they're a little bit critical of his life and says, you know, man, your, your life is, so, you're messed up. There's nobody that can, can, you know, have that many problems in life and really be in harmony with God. That's just not, I mean, you know, after all, you know, if you're in harmony and relationship with God, you probably shouldn't be having any problem at all. Well, he says, I want you to know something. So the things that happened to me happened to the furtherance of the gospel. <laughs> what an outlook. 
Because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. There's, there's something that's going out of your life when you handle life right. You got to press. You got to give it an all out effort. In order to press and give it an all out effort, you have to believe that the effort is worth it. James gives us the, the framework of how we can have more of not eternal life in our future, but, e- but the power of eternal life in our life. In James chapter 1, he says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation or trials and tests. For after he has passed the test, that's what it says, that's what it means. After he has passed the test, he shall receive a crown of life. And the word life there is Zoe, which means God's life. Well, the crown of eternal life, and in other words, of being, you know, uh, life over death, that's already guaranteed. That's already ours. So it's not life after death that we get the crown for. You know, it's life for life. You get crowned with something. When you, when you win, when you have the victory, you know, just in life, you get crowned with something. You get crowned with the championship. And there's the dynamic of, of that that. See, when Paul says, you know, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, he's just not thinking about waiting until he dies and until the trumpet sounds. I mean, boy, you got to go through all of life without even having this dynamical force work in your life. You just got to wait till you, you're dead. <laughs> no. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. It is my interpretation of that that it's a living body. Not just a re- the body that's there waiting for the resurrection. Quicken body. Turn it over right. Your body, yes, has to wait for heaven 
to experience some of this elements of eternal life, but not your spirit, man. Not your spirit, man. First Timothy chapter four, verse eight. Bodily exercise profits little, that is, you know, your gym sessions. <laughs> it's keeping you in good shape. <laughs> and we got to keep ourselves in good shape because how many know that your body is very important to your mission? So you need to take care of your body. So that you can do your mission better. But he says, godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of life that now is. What life? God life. And that which is to come. <clears throat> Ask my musicians to come. Therefore, do not lose heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And he goes on and talks about the light affliction. Comparatively, that's what it is. The next thing is, is you press, you got to have a prize, a prize. There's got to be motivation in your life, motivation in your life. And the prize, you know, of the high calling in a nutshell is this. It's life that is eternal, but also life that is now. Life that is now. It's having a, 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 a you know, measurable clarification of your goals. Because you can't always see the end. But there's enough that God has given to us in the intermediate, which is in the book, the Bible, that we can focus on and we will find that we arrive there. Because it keeps us on on course. It really does, church. Keeps us on course. And we have one last one. But before I go to that one, I want to find a... Yes. I want to talk about imagination just for a moment. Imagination. You got to have a dream. You got to have expectation. You got to have vision. The Bible says that God is able to do 
exceedingly above all that we can ask or imagine. There is there's two imaginations that we want to just look at. One is, is the imagination that's a divine negative that's been placed there by God. That dream that you have. That deposit that the Lord has placed there. It's that purpose. And I want to say here that from what I can observe, most people are in the field where they're supposed to be, but they just don't know that the field is divinely inspired, divinely planted. You don't have to look for another field. You don't have to look for, by and large, another vocation. You don't have to look for another homeland. Okay? God has already got you there. He wants you to recognize Did you know that Abraham tread clear through his land of promise and he didn't even know it was his land of promise. He just kept walking all around, you know, you know. But there was there was a, something about the footsteps that was having a major, you know, uh, impact in that land. And then one day he realized, uh-oh. This is more than just a journey that's taken place, you know, because I don't know where I'm going. This is actually a placement, a placement that God has allowed me to walk around. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but he walked, walked way before. He realized it was his, his promise land. We don't always like our divine appointments. I didn't like mine. I want something bigger, I want something better. Guess what? Take what he's given you and make it bigger and better. <laughs> That's what you do. But you know that if it's going to survive and it's going to stay, it can only grow as you grow. As the weight of the depth of your personal growth, then the ship that you sail can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Invariably, every 
sailor who has went out to sea and has, you know, capsized and lost their life, they have discovered that the weight beneath had come loose that held it upright so it would not tip and succumb to the waves, you know? That's this true north again. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the true north. No matter how big the waves, how, no matter what the storm is, that weight of Jesus Christ, knowing that he loves you, the Father loves you like he loves the Son, always will keep you from capsizing. How? and bring you back upright. Stand with me this morning. I was going to talk about imagination, but I'm not going to because of time's sake. is the winner's mark. Servanthood. Servanthood. Seriously, church, it's servanthood. Jesus said that I'm among you as one who serves. He who wants to be greatest among you, let him be your servant. Paul said, I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My goal in life is to be a pure servant because serving is the key to winning.